Diamond. This is a podcast housed under the Drive Podcast Network. Currently working on a website for the Drive Podcast Network, which will be up on Monday, June 27th, 2016. So just four days away from the launch of that website. On that website, you'll be able to find all of the content that the Drive Podcast Network holds, including the five different podcasts that are under its umbrella, as well as all of the blogs that I write. My name is Adam Ramirez, and I'm happy this week on the Diamond to take you through the mid-season analysis of teams in professional baseball. There are some surprises at the top, but for the most part, we've maintained consistency with the teams that have been good for the past five, ten years, and the teams that have been bad and continue to be bad as we reach the midpoint all-star game of the 2016 MLB season. As we go through the top third of the league, you obviously have to start with the Chicago Cubs, who are doing something quite incredible. We've never seen something like this in baseball, where a team can turn it around so quickly. And they're a powerhouse. They are a team that are going to be historically good if they continue the pace that they've outlined in this first half of the season. Just a few days ago, they were able to get their largest division lead after sweeping the Pirates since 1929. So the Cubs with outstanding pitching and just decent enough hitting to get them the runs that they need to win every single game is incredible. And as I mentioned in the blog for today, barring any injury or just a strategic meltdown, the team should be in contention for the World Series. But if you're a fan of Chicago and the Cubs, you know that that's not a guarantee. You've had the curse for now over a century, and all you can hope for is that things turn out the way that they seem to be heading right now. You can then look at another team that started the season off kind of shaky, tied with the Dodgers for the division lead, and they're kind of just taking over right now as the Giants are making a run at the Cubs for that National League pennant. It is incredible how Buster Posey and Brandon Belt have been a symbol of consistency in that offense. And then at the same time, Johnny Cueto is unstoppable. So watch out for the Giants who are making a run, not just in their own division, but in the entire league. Then you have the Washington Nationals and the Rangers who are kind of in the same boat. Different leagues, but in the same boat. The Rangers haven't had the kind of lead in the division that they have now since their last World Series season in 2011. And they're coming from behind, which tells you something about their pitching and their hitting late in the game. If they can maintain consistency enough with that pitching and the bullpen and allow the Rangers times to be clutch, they will be able to win some games. But is that sustainable over the long term in the second half of the season? I guess we'll see. And then you have the Boston Red Sox, who are over the 40-win mark and trying to see if they can make a significant season run and season make it a significant history, a historical mark as you see the end of Big Poppy coming. So they're still up there, definitely going to be a contender in the American League. And then the Blue Jays, who are the biggest testament to a difference between playing against right pitchers and against lefties. As of last weekend, they were playing 580 baseball against righty starters with a record of 29 and 21. And then on the other hand, they were one game under 500 against lefties with a 10 and 11 record. So they need to correct that in order to be serious contenders heading into the second half of the season. And then you look at a team like the Baltimore Orioles, who with Adam Jones, who while Adam Jones isn't getting on base very much, he just has a 310 on base percentage, he is 
crushing it with the home runs in June. So if he can maintain that consistency, the Orioles will need some help from the bullpen and the pitching staff in order to get them a chance in the game, especially when the on-base percentage is not as high and you're relying on homers. But the Orioles could be up there. And then perhaps the biggest surprise, because we expected the Cubs to be good, but then you look at a team like the Indians, who just crushed the White Sox earlier in the week, and now they're in sole position of first place in their division, and they really came out of nowhere. Certainly, maybe, perhaps, they're garnering inspiration from the Cleveland Cavaliers and trying to see if they can bring a second title despite the Cavs already ending the drought in Cleveland. Why not do a double dip and get the Cleveland Indians some glory there as well? So we'll see how that turns out. And then if you look at our World Series representatives from last year, the New York Mets, they were tied for first going into the end of May, but since then they've only gone 8-11, and 11, and they're in third place behind the Nationals. While the pitching is decent, the offense has been the problem. 28th in the MLB in runs and 27th in batting average. So that needs to get corrected in order for the Mets to be able to have a run. They're flirting with 500 right now. If they can turn that hitting around and maintain their pitching consistency, they could still be a threat in the NL. And then the Cardinals are interesting because you never count them out. It's Mike Matheny was criticized a lot, and many people say that he blew that that intentional walk call earlier in this earlier this week. But you can't doubt the guy. The guy has his Cardinals in contention every single year. And despite the fact that they're flirting with mediocrity right now at the halfway point of the season at almost at 500, I cannot say that the Cardinals are out of contention. Never count them out. Especially in a National League where a 500 record keeps you in contention in the playoffs. So I would not take my eye off of them. Same story with the Kansas City Royals. Despite the fact that they went on an eight-game losing streak, they have been able to turn it around. And they're to the point where they got a half a game behind the Indians. And you look at the strength of the Kansas City Royals, it's always been the bullpen. And if they can continue that, then they're going to be a team to be reckoned with in the National League. Add to that the hitting that could possibly develop. And just like the Cardinals, I wouldn't count out the World Series champs for making a splash. <laughs> and then you look at the Dodgers. The Dodgers have Gold and Kershaw and Maeda. But with the hitting being spotty, and with any other pitcher besides that not contributing as greatly, you look at the Dodgers probably ending up in a similar fashion as they have in previous years. Whether they make the playoffs or not, it's always skeptical. There's always skepticism regarding whether or not they'll be able to go deep into the playoffs or even have a significant run at a championship. And it's getting to a point where you've replaced the manager now, so what do you do? Your pockets are still full with money that you're giving this team every single year and they remain out of contention for the World Series. So really, really have to think about what's going to happen with the Dodgers there. And then finally, a surprise. I don't think that many people are considering this team. They are above 500. But you look at the Seattle Mariners. They've been playing consistent ball in terms of both the bullpen and their hitting. Now, that doesn't mean that they've been great, but they've had consistent spurts, and they need to be great in one area, in at least one of those areas, in order to be able to make a mark down the second half of the season and possibly flirt with contending in the playoffs. Same thing with the Marlins who are still above 500 and are enjoying their best start in the first half of the season since 2004. So you look at Don Mattingly and then you start thinking 
about whether the Dodgers made the right decision there and letting him go. Was it really a coaching situation? Because they seem to be in the same spot, and Miami seems to be improving. Finally, you have the teams right in the middle of the pack. You have the Detroit Tigers, the New York Yankees, the Pittsburgh Pirates, Houston Astros, Chicago White Sox. And all of these teams, you look at them and you just feel like none of them are really going to make it into those playoffs. The Yankees have been struggling now for years. They're not great. The Pirates and the Astros should be there, but there's just something about them, whether it's when the pitching is good, the hitting isn't, or when the hitting is great, the bullpen is just not there. They're not complete teams. And... These are the teams that are greatest candidates for doing something in the offseason, whether it's a trade or whether it's bringing someone up from the minors to make a significant impact and turn this team into a team that you can say are considerable candidates to get into the playoffs. So we'll see if any of them are able to do that. And then finally, you hit into the section of the teams that you rarely want to talk about because it's just they're disappointing cases and you hope that they're able to turn things around. And for some of these, as you can see in today's blog, I do talk about how some of these teams are in position to be good and to not be at the bottom of the league here as they are so far at the, the first half of the season. You look at the Colorado Rockies. They're fifth in the league in on-base percentage and second in home on-base percentage. But on the road, they're not as good. It drops. So they need to be able to have that consistency to be able to hit outside of their own park. And if they can do that, they can start becoming a candidate early. You look at a team like the Arizona Diamondbacks, who have a lot of small pieces. Their pitching staff is starting to gel, and they're playing a lot better, especially from the bullpen. They can turn things around, and maybe not this season, but start developing players and start developing a plan for coming back strong for 2017. And then you look at a team like the Angels, who had so much excitement for Tim Lincecum's debut in L.A. It was a success. He only allowed one run and four hits in six innings. But if you look at what the record is right now, does that guy end up being traded later on? Because the Angels are not contending and they're not competing for the playoffs right now. And what's their plan long term? With all of the money that they've spent on free agents, what do you do? Are you going to be in this position again in one year? Or are you going to do something big in free agency? Are you going to be able to develop someone from the minors quickly to come up and help the stars that are already playing well on your team and start developing a cohesive unit? And then one of my favorite teams that has been struggling now for a while but that I think are on the up and up are the Philadelphia Phillies. Not only did they have the first pick in the draft, but they're developing a lot of farm system players and they're starting to get to the point where they're getting rid of the older veterans, starting to gel out talent that has been there for a while and are bringing up guys that are really going to make a change in Philadelphia. I really trust the ownership there. And I see the Phillies getting into a position where they're not just the middle of the pack team next year, but they're actually a contender for the playoffs. And then you look at teams like the Oakland A's, the Padres, the Reds, the Twins, and the Braves, and I feel like they're all in the same boat. Despite the fact that they go on streaks of hot and cold, I think that overall, if you look at their managerial plans, there's no set objective or goal that these teams are playing with because they've either invested in free agents that have not planned out the way that they wanted them to play, or at the same time, their farm system and their draft picks and their developmental players are not playing the way that they expected them to. So it's a multifaceted problem. And if you look at the managing structure of each team, you got to think which one is going to be most likely to start turning something around. If you look specifically at the Padres, when they hired A.J. Preller, his goal was to kind of 
go out and make the splash free agent signings. And there was a lot of hope in San Diego just over a year ago. And things didn't go the way that he planned. And so what do you do? What do you do when the free agents that you bring in to help revolutionize your team don't end up panning out the way you expected? Because you risked your farm system. Chances are that to get these free agent players, you gave up some of your developmental players. So then you have to kind of go back to the drawing board, and this sets you back years because you got to start developing players again that you possibly traded away already. So you have to replace those. And then the veteran talent that you have, you're stuck with them because you're already paying them. So you're not going to get rid of those contracts, and it keeps you from signing even more veteran players that can make a splash for your team. That's been the problem with teams like San Diego for a while and Minnesota. you got to think that these teams really need to make a splash right now and a turnaround just in their managerial structure. If you start now, you give it maybe four or five years, and you're in contention, but you've got to make the right decisions because as consistent as teams like the Cardinals and the Giants have been, teams like the Twins and the Padres and the Reds have been inconsistent or consistently bad. So with that, we're going to wrap up our quick midseason analysis of all of the MLB teams. Look forward to coming back next week on the Diamond, perhaps with a contributor that's a good friend of mine, to be able to break down some more specifics about each team and give you a picture and an image of what we think the season is going to look like following the All-Star break in San Diego. Thank you very much for listening. This was The Diamond, brought to you by the Drive Podcast Network. My name is Adam.